Hello, hello, my friends. Happy December. I am feeling in a much better place today as I'm recording this podcast, and this might be my last episode until after Christmas. We'll see. Um, I might take a couple weeks off here and take a little break to recover. Maybe some inspiration will strike over Christmas. But I did want to come on here as I've been working on my curriculum map for my four classes and talk to you about how I specifically use comprehensible input and the stepping stone cycles and phases to plan a spiral curriculum. So I'm gonna kind of talk you through this document and I'm also going to link my curriculum map that is very much incomplete, so please do not judge it yet. Um, I'm gonna link it in the description of this podcast episode. You might have to access it on a computer in order to click the link and find it, but it'll be in there. and talk you through kind of what I've decided to do for cycle one. So for those of you that aren't familiar with the stepping stone cycles and phases, basically, and I have a whole episode on it called Cycles and Phases of What? The Moon, um, from the very beginning of my podcast, and that kind of goes more in depth about it, but cycle one is all about description. And I know Tina Hargaden, who created Stepping Stones, has amazing ideas for how in the future you could continue to build on these cycles and go even deeper with them. But for now, um, until any kinds of materials or more information about that is available, this is what I have planned. So for those of you that don't know, I teach fifth through eighth grade Spanish in a school that is K through eight Spanish is required. All students are in the same level. So if a brand new student comes in eighth grade who's never had Spanish before, they're put into my eighth grade Spanish class with all the other students who've had it possibly since kindergarten. We do not have them every day of the week. We have them two to three times a week through fifth grade, anywhere from 20 to 45 minutes, depending on their grade level and the teacher's schedule. And then in middle school, I have them four days a week. That's the first this year. It's been pretty awesome, actually. Four days a week for about 45 minutes each day. So just to give you some context, I would say that Um, Most of my eighth graders are probably at an intermediate level, not all of them, of course, to varying varying proficiency levels based on how much input they've had and how much time they've had to acquire. Um, I would say my seventh graders are probably emerging intermediates, so like novice high, intermediate low, and my sixth graders are probably still in that novice range, although some of them could definitely push for that intermediate level already. So it's a kind of messy mix. I have novice and intermediate level students, just to give you some context. My fifth graders are um, novice level, but not starting from scratch. They're not starting from zero, because I have an amazing colleague who teaches kindergarten through fourth grade Spanish, and she also uses comprehensible input in her classes as well. So now that you have kind of the background context, I have these same kids, fifth through eighth grade, year after year after year. And with stepping stones, A lot of teachers ask, well, if I do cycle one description in fifth grade, should I do it again in sixth grade? And Tina's answer and my answer that I've seen also with using these materials for the last three years has been yes. Create a spiral curriculum, but you can make it focus on different things. So I'm gonna talk you through everything that I have planned for cycle one with fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade and how I'm using the same language focus meaning description, describing places, describing preferences, and so on with each grade level, but being able to utilize different content in those ways. So those of you that have multiple levels, or maybe your department of one and teach levels one through four, or one through three, or maybe you teach one and two, but you wanna continue to use the same general concepts, hopefully this will be helpful to you. 
So I'm just gonna walk you through it one cycle and phase at a time. And I only have cycle one done so far because that's all I've been all I've been teaching so far this year. My goal is to kind of create the map as I go. So for cycle one, phase one, the focus is on describing settings. So basically you're trying to get your students to describe, you know, what something is a picture of, where it is, when it might be taking place, um, and then describing it with things like weather, um, what people might be feeling, any kind of sensory details. So what they could see, what they could hear, what they could smell, all of that kind of stuff. So in fifth grade, my goal is to focus on describing places in our town. So describing local places that students are already familiar with. And I did that on purpose because I want the content that they're gonna be doing at the younger levels when they're more novice to be more concrete for them. So if I'm putting up pictures from our community of different places that they recognize, it's gonna be easier for them to understand because they're more familiar with it. We're building on that background knowledge. Then in sixth grade, uh, I'm gonna have students work on describing places in our country. Again, my idea is Maybe I can expose them to different areas of our country that they're not already familiar with, but also some of these they might be familiar with, and again, drawing on that prior knowledge. Then in seventh grade, describing places, familiar places in our world. So in this case, I'm pulling out like major, pretty well-known areas in the world, like the pyramids in Egypt, or I might pull the Amazon rainforest or other places in the world that they might be familiar with but might not. And again, they've had places in our town in fifth grade, places in our country in sixth grade, places in our world. And my goal is slowly across the years, as I can get more abstract and less concrete with the concepts and the places I'm teaching them about, is to make those connections between other, other countries, other places, other cultures. And as those things get more abstract, I may have to do as the teacher more research on my end. And then in eighth grade, it is describing places in Spanish-speaking countries. So that's where I'm really tying in the culture and things like that. So as far as the topic of describing places, those are the different ways I'm gonna angle that topic. And then in order to level up my language, in fifth grade we focus on being able to state the day, like what day of the week it might be, what the date might be, um, some weather phrases to describe the picture and to say like what there is in the picture. Like there's green trees, there's a lot of people, there's a beach, there's a lake, there's water. Pretty simple phrases. In sixth grade, in addition to those, so I'm going to like stack them on and add on to what they've learned in the previous years, we're going to add in what there's not in the picture, so saying no I, what's not there, where it's located, and then also what it is, what it's a picture of, because some of that vocabulary gets less high frequency, and so I want to kind of slowly scaffold that. In seventh grade, we are going to add in adjectives for describing places, like it's loud, it's fun, it's boring, it's crowded, those types of adjectives that can really describe places. It's popular, and then also being more specific about adding when, so instead of just saying like the day of the week, like is it morning, is it afternoon, is it evening, maybe giving a specific time, um, maybe saying what month it is or what season it is, so adding more language to deepen that description of the place. And then for cycle one, phase one in eighth grade with describing Spanish-speaking countries, again, 
all of those previous phrases, and these are things that you would put on your anchor chart if you're using anchor charts. I have a really great blog post about anchor charts if you haven't had a chance to look at that yet. Um, you can check that out there to learn more about them. And then in eighth grade, in addition to all of those other descriptions, I'm gonna bring in the passive voice. Um, or I might bring in phrases like, it smells like, or can be heard, like se oye, se oyen, um, se ve, se ven, and phrases like that to make their, to add richness to the language in their writing. So that is my focus for cycle one, phase one, and a lot of these lessons consist of picture talks, visual surveys, um, sometimes I'll have students do like a slide talk where they put a picture in or they will draw a picture. Um, and you could make it like draw a picture of your favorite place to go in town for fifth grade or draw a picture of some place or find a picture online if you want to do it digitally of a place that you want to travel in the United States and have them like put notes in the speaker notes to tell you about it in English so then you could like pull some of the places they want to go to and use that as input. And again, for each phase, I probably spend between six to eight lessons um, on a phase giving them input with that language. I think I'm actually gonna make separate episodes of the podcast for each phase of cycle one since this has already taken me a while. Um, and that way, you don't have to spend super long listening and you can just pick up on the next one. So cycle one, phase one, describing settings. Um, you can also throw in comparing and contrasting. Um, so you could put up a picture of, if I'm doing places in our world, maybe I would pull a picture from Canada and maybe I would picture, pull a picture from the Sahara Desert and then have them compare and contrast those images. Um, there's a lot of ways you can kind of level up that language, but this will help me focus my input and focus my language to give them lots of repetitions. Do I expect that they're gonna acquire every single adjective to describe places or every single, um, every single thing they might be able to hear in a rainforest? No, absolutely not. But you're giving them repetition to the language that will allow them to speak about those things. So I'm really looking for them to be able to express, can they say where it is? Can they say when it is? Can they say what it is? Can they say what they can see in the picture or what they might be able to hear? Um, and all of those types of things. That's really what I'm looking for. So I hope that helps give you a better idea of how I am using cycle one, phase one, describing setting across all four levels while not having to constantly reinvent the wheel. Um, and I'm hoping that after I've been able to teach these four levels, you know, over the next couple of years, I'll have these kind of materials ready in place so that I have a base to work from and then I can always customize or add things in that are fun for me or that are student-centered.